everybody out there. Welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm, I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight is Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Um, I hope you all had a good weekend. The, the Tigers won. Yay. So uh, it wasn't that great, but they, they did win uh, 27 to 14. So we'll, we'll talk that up. We'll talk about uh, LSU basketball, which is looking good. And uh, I don't know, probably probably some some coaching rumors i'm sure you've all heard some uh we will discuss that and you know college football as well whatever we can get into uh first i want to check in with the guys see how you're doing holding it down in baton rouge how's it going scott uh doing well went to the game last night uh, it was a night game it was weird not really uh i didn't do too much tailgating although the weather was nice but i uh, didn't leave until 7 p.m it was strange going to the game that late and I guess I'd been yeah. to one like Ole Miss a couple of years ago that was the same start time. But yeah, I was yawning in the stands the whole time. Uh, and then it cleared out uh, pretty early, to be honest. It was about empty after halftime. The product on the field wasn't ideal either. Uh, but I had a good time while I was there and then watched the rest at home. Uh, so overall, doing pretty well. And we'll talk about the, the mostly lows and highs of this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty, pretty disappointing showing for the Tigers, even though we get a you know a ten point win. But this is ULM team that's not even really, uh, I wouldn't even say one of the in the top half of the Sun Belt. So um, there's a lot of misexecution, uh, bad execution on both sides of the ball, and we'll get into that. But there's also, I mean, who cares at this point? <laughs> like, there's not much to get into. This season's yeah. over. We just need to get out of here with you know get out of here with our head above water and, and hopefully, you know, probably what we'll get into towards the end of this podcast is the coaching search. I think that's going to be uh, hopefully like the, the positive, uh, the positive thing we can take away from the end of the season. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be alone. Uh, I mean, we all know about USC, but uh, now it looks like Florida is going to be looking for a coach as well. Uh, Dan Mullen, just not cutting it. Um and uh, I don't know. I was I was thinking about this going into this week. It's like you know what, as bad as we have it, at least we're not Florida. You know, I, I don't know how long they're gonna give Dan Mullen, but you know, I, I guess I, they gave him a week from from when I had that thought. So um, adios, and that's that's opening up too. There's you know rumors of Lane Kiffin being interested in Miami now. So I, I don't know. Everything's up in the air, but I imagine that's how all the agents want it. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of the, the crowd, yeah, I was noticing on TV, it was, uh, it was, it was a little light. It, it, it might as well have been like pouring down rain. That's what the crowd would have looked like. It was very, very sparse. Man, I'll tell you, like when we first got in, maybe like halfway through the first quarter, I looked up at the upper deck and literally not a single person. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there were a few smatterings, but there were little entire sections, probably a thousand seats worth that were dead empty. Not, not a part, not a person. And then the, the lower bowl was pretty sparse too, especially after like the first quarter. Um, and we kind of predicted how this game was going to go uh, LSU messing around, keeping it closer than it should have. And you don't really want to do that with little brother on the field, uh, but we more always like more like littlest brother. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, but I think Tommy was right. Uh, LSU has a tendency to play down to lesser opponents, especially in an off year, you know, like uh, right right before Miles got fired. That's what it was. You know, it's like these 27 to, to umpteen games against people like ULM or, or McNeese or, yeah. you know, God forbid, you know, Troy. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, everyone's, you know, every article you read will probably say, LSU improved to five and six, but I don't think there was any improvements. Uh, With the product, with the football, like you said last week, I feel like, if anything, there was a regression. I mean, they lost more people. You know, they couldn't put uh, Nussmeier in. He's, uh, they're trying to save his red shirt. So uh, it's going to be Todd, Todd. Uh, You know, it's going to be Max Johnson and, you know, the the only guy behind him, uh, I forget his name, but he's, like, he was a walk-on. That shows you there's a problem. Yeah, you we can't even. I, can't even, I, don't, I, just, I don't even know his name is Mc, either. McDowell or something. Mike's. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't think the Tigers improved with the win. Uh, at least they did get it. Uh, I don't know. It's weird though. They're they're up and down. You know, next week they'll probably be up for the AM game for for whatever reason. Uh, like I said, it's lucky they have three night three home games in a row. I just mm-hmm. this one probably could have been a noon game and they'd have been a lot better off. You know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. There were highlights. There was one. I don't know. Uh, Malik Neighbors looked really good. He had a yeah. kind of a breakout game of his own, I guess. You know, it was, he was due at some point. Uh, four passes, 443 yards. Uh, I, that's, you know, I was expecting to see more of that. Still saw some more good good stuff out of Jack Besh and, you know, some good running in spots. But other than that, yeah, it was, it was just like, oh, God, can this game please end? Yeah, I think – I mean, the defense played well, although it kind of hid some of the points from ULM because we needed two fourth down stops and fourth and goal to keep them out of the end zone. And if they kicked some field goals or scored some touchdowns there, we stopped them a foot short on one. Uh, The score may have been tighter. We probably still win the game, but uh, my girlfriend actually predicted it was going to be 24-17 LSU. So if the field goal had swung the other way, she would have been exactly right, Mm -hmm. which is a lot closer than most people would have predicted and low scoring as well. Um, I think LSU's like inability to to plug it in is still continue to haunt them. We haven't scored. This is our highest scoring game in like a month, and that's only 27 points on the board, which is a far cry from hanging 60 on folks in 2019. I, we did have two touchdowns come off the board: one Jay Ward's interception return, and then one. Uh, it was a pass at the the B- Oh, it was when uh, Max Johnson's knee like grazed yeah. the ground when yeah. he scooped the ball up and passed to Brian Thomas. Um, but you got to do with what you can. Yeah. I mean, like, those are both the right the, calls. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I think that the, I think the Jay Ward calls like a 50 50, like whatever. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. The Max Johnson thing, like that was, that's a kind of a Bush League play, in my opinion. <laughs> like the fact that we scored on that, if they'd let that stand, I would have kind of been like, I mean, I'm glad we scored, but. That's not how you want to beat ULM is with with a, a play where they weren't even really where they thought the ball was down and they weren't even playing. Like <laughs> right. um I, I I don't know. I think that you know, Daniel, you said it, it that we needed two fourth down stops to to pretty much keep ULM from really competing in this game. I don't even we didn't even get stops. They stopped themselves. Yeah, they they, they dropped two passes like basically in the end zone. Yeah. If they if if these people if, if they make two routine catches, they win the game. Like <laughs> this was not a good performance from LSU. I mean, ULM pretty much traded blows with an SEC team. Um, this is a four. This is a, is a, was a what a three and three and seven team going into last night. Or no, no, I'm sorry. Four we were six. both three, both teams. Six. Both teams. Yeah, four, four and six. Four and six. Um, it's just. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just more. But but what else? Like, you can't really beat the dead horse. Like, we've been embarrassing the whole year. Like, that's not how I don't want. That's not how I want to beat ULM. 
Um, Dano, you made you made a good point at the game. You're like, yeah, we're paying them like two million dollars to do this. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, to give Coach O credit, which I like to always do, I guess um, we we at least we're finding new ways to sink lower. I mean, we had a punter throw, we had a punter throw an interception. I mean, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to talk about we're gonna, that. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go out kamikaze style. Let's just do it. Uh, I you almost know, I loved it. I almost think that he's like sabotaging LSU on purpose because like. How bad does that look? Especially if he throws a pick six. It, yeah, he almost took it back. Like, what what impulses you to like? You're up seventeen to zero in the second quarter to try and like rub it in. That's like something you do if you're ULM, not if you're LSU. Yeah, if you're ULM, I totally get it. Like, you're playing against LSU, you're or, or whoever, like a big name team who you're way out of your way out of your league. You got to do everything. You do every kind of bush league, you know, uh, trickery, trickery, all that kind of stuff. Totally get it. That's that's what you're allowed to do when you're playing a big boy. When you're supposed to be one of the top five programs in the country, you don't need to be fake punting against <laughs> ULM. It, it's it's embarrassing. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, I guess he can check it off his list. Uh, I don't think he'll be doing that against AM. and uh, because they'll probably be looking for it now. But that was just horrible. Like out of all the plays I've seen him do over the years. Uh, never having seen uh, Avery toss one before, I, I don't know. I was just, I guess, if you were going to do something bush league like that, I don't know. I, well, well, they converted I mean, the fake punt when he passed it to Mashburn. Either was it last week or the one before? Yeah, but, that, but, but the, I don't know. I think that was a little bit different. That wasn't as much like this. Was like, all right, all right, Avery, drop back. Let's go seven step drop and let's hit a fade. <laughs> It wasn't his fault. He was his receiver fell down, though. Uh, I did. Had, had he got it, you know, we wouldn't. I don't know. It would, might be a different conversation. I but, don't know. Uh, I still think, like, if he got it, I'd be like, okay, cool. But like, I think we'd still all be sitting here saying, why? Why are we even having to do this against ULM? Yeah. Like, it's just well, not. It, it's it's. And the other weird thing is, like, at the, towards the end of the game, you couldn't even turn the TV off until five minutes left in the fourth quarter, just because somehow ULM was like still in the game. Like our offense was uh, anemic towards the end. I don't think we scored in the whole, uh, I know we had seven in the third quarter, but after halftime, it just pretty much shut down. Uh, and then ULM was hanging around the, the whole time, which you, you just got to put these teams away. Like Georgia was up like 49 to zero, like in the first quarter, or like how about Ohio state up 49 to zero in the first half against Michigan state. against the supposed 17, number 17 in the country. Uh-huh. And here we are messing around, but I guess it's kind of the, the moral of the season. And we have one more chance for uh, a moral victory, but I don't even know if you could call it that at that point. Well, if we, if we beat a and I'll be happy. Like I'll be happy with an A&M win. I just, I'm not going to predict it. I'm not going to put money on it. Um, I, I still think A&M is not a good team. I mean, okay, they're a decent team. They're a good team. I don't think that they're unbeatable. I think that we could easily compete with them talent for talent. But um, am I confident that we're going to be prepared, that we're going to come in with a good game plan? Am I confident that our offense, our offensive play caller is going to actually have some sort of – have something up his sleeve? No. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, what can I say? Like, I, I think that – I mean, we talked about it when – when we were, you know, what, what, like DEFCON 2 before, like at the beginning of the season, and we were like, okay, this is bad, but like we, there's a, you know, we can kind of just maybe, maybe play our way out of it. Um, I remember all of us like circling that AM game being like, look, like they are vulnerable 
They're not as good as at the time. They were like the number one, like three team in the country or something like that. They just beat Alabama. And I was like, we can beat them. And that could be a good win for us. At this point, I'm like, no. I mean, if we compete, we'll compete with them maybe. But there's no pride on this team right now. And it starts from the top. The whole like, I mean, you can't, in some ways, you can't blame the guy because he's like been fired, but he's also still coaching, which is strange. But I mean, this whole thing is just on cruise control. I bet they're not even practicing. Yeah, it was weird. After the game, uh, ESPN's reporter was interviewing Coach O, and she was like, how do you feel about next week being your last chance to coach the LSU team? He's like, oh, we're going to fight hard, and uh, we're going to try. And I was like, okay. Yeah, sure thing, man. I guess it's got to feel weird. Like, you got one more game coming up, and then you're you're sailing off. I mean, in some ways, like, what what more can you ask for from him? Because he's like – you're right. Like he's been like unceremoniously fired in the middle of the season. And then they're like, but you have to do this walk and every, of shame. Yeah. And everyone's kind of like reminding you constantly is like, this is your last game. And like, you're out of here <laughs> imminently. But also I'm like, I would, I, I wish, and I don't know, this is where we, maybe we can all, I don't know if we, we all have a disagreement on this or not, but you know, Kojo from the time he took this job, always talked about is how much, he, how much LSU means to the state of Louisiana, how much, how like being the head coach of LSU is, is just like a, an honor for anyone who, who, who calls himself a Louisiana. And I would, I would hope that somebody, or I would, I would wish that somebody who said all of that would be like, you know what, it didn't work out, but I'm going to coach this team all the way. I'm going to do my best. And like, we're going to go out, you know, in a blaze of glory. But to me, as you watch this game, these games, it just feels like he's just like, whatever, you know, I think we've all been in position. Like I, I remember I've been on teams where the, where basically the, and this wasn't even really coaches faults, but like the team just wasn't working out. You could tell like nobody wanted to be there. And towards the end of the season, the coach was just like, you know what? Y'all don't want to be here. Let's just, we're not practicing. Go home. Like you don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Let's just call it. And I kind of feel like he would, he's kind of, you know, he sets the tone and I would not be surprised. If he was like, you know, we're going light today because and the reports are coming out like they haven't had a full pad practice in like two weeks or something. I could see him being like, you know what? Who cares? Just uh, Ben Simmonsing it, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. What you're saying about him <coughs> getting. Uh, what about what were you saying about him? You know, kind of getting choked up maybe when they're when they're talking because you know it's oh it's your last game next week. Just imagine how it'll be, you know, during that game. It's gonna be pretty emotionally raw for him. Yeah. I bet. I think if any if that'll help give the team itself some edge because you know it'll be some of those seniors last game. If, you know, for the guys that do like Coach O, which I think is most, uh I feel like they'll, you know, they'll have something for them. How long it'll last, I don't know. But remember how Maneri was. Uh, when, you know, it was getting towards the end of the game and you can tell that we weren't going to come back. Um, you could just see it, you know, it was just, you almost feel it through the TV. It just, it seemed like Maneri, and I guess, I mean, it was a different scenario for Maneri because he wasn't like fired mid season for, for yeah. being like a bad coach. Like he, it was just kind of one of those like honorable, like, thank you for everything you've done. We're going to move on. It's time for you to retire. And like, he got it. They got it. It was very, very like smooth, but you, it seemed like he handled it with a lot more class. Um, I, and I don't know, like, I, I, I just kind of feel like in the end, like, I, I don't, I, 
I agree. Now, all the recruits who, who were recruited by Coach O, you can see that with the decommit from Aaron Anderson. Like people who people are com- there are a lot of people who did commit to Coach O as much as they committed to LSU. Um, and so I think there are a lot of players on there who are very loyal to him. And you're right. Like I think they'll I think they will play for him. They'll play hard for him. But also, I think a lot of those players aren't even on the field anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of those players are on the bench or no longer on the team. So, uh, even if, even if, I mean, poor Darren Evans, I like the guy. I, I like, you know, I like that he came, I like a story. I like that he came from Nichols. I think it's kind of cool. I think he's a decent player. He was getting lit up last night at cornerback number 24. I mean, I, I don't know how much, it, and that's playing against ULM. If he, he's going to be our starting corner against AM, and they've got some real talented, uh, skill players like, I don't know how much playing for Coach O with Hart is gonna is gonna matter in <laughs> against one of the top teams in the SEC West. Yeah, and as far as as far as the AM game goes, this is kind of one of those like TV manufactured rivalries a yeah. little bit. That's actually kind of become something fairly serious yeah. with the rivalry. I think mostly off the backs of the seven overtime game, uh, and then the fact that AM hadn't beaten LSU like we were the last team they hadn't beaten since they joined the SEC. Obviously, they won that game uh, and last year. But yeah, this is one you want to win. I uh, don't really like each other very much, and it would end the season on a positive note. It's going to be very tough, though. AM has one of the best defenses uh, around. I think they already give up like 14 points per game or something. It's not Georgia level, but it's a Pretty lot better than you see most of college football. Uh, and especially with the struggles that we've had on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you say 27 points, like that's probably a pretty reasonable number against AM. I think the the over-under is like 45 or something, so people think it's going to be a, a low-scoring drag-out game. Um, I guess it would be better than last year when it was like pouring down rain and T.J. Finley like literally couldn't move the ball one inch the entire game. That was bad. Uh, but we'll, we'll hopefully at least com- keep it competitive like we did against Arkansas and Alabama. And if you can play with Alabama, you can play with A&M. Uh, but I think they probably just have a little bit too much skill and, and toughness to – to take care of Isaiah Spiller is a good running back for them. Uh, we've had problems with that in the past, and I, I don't really see Max being the architect to pick apart the AM defense enough to carry us on top. Um, but it'll be a g- good watch, and we'll see how this Tigers. I mean, if we win, then the season may not be over, but uh, in some likelihood, that'll be a wrap. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've even heard talk about even if we do win us just not accepting a bowl bid because it's not going to be something prestigious. It's not. Yeah. We're going to go into the sun bowl or something. And, uh, and I mean, is O going to coach the bowl or, yeah. well, yeah. no, I know he said, I know he said he was, but I'm, but, it, but if I'm, if I'm like, you know, somebody who's not being fired in a decision-making position at LSU, it's like, do I really want him to keep coaching or should we just kind of, Hey, let's just call it, especially. And I've heard, I've heard from, from, uh, people, you know, cl- close to the decision makers at LSU, we very well could have a coach on Monday morning, uh, like a week from tomorrow. So if they were, if they were to announce, you know, hey, this is the next coach, I could totally see them being like, and we're going to forego a bowl uh, because we're going to move on. There's really no point in having O coach a bowl game if it's, especially when it's like a, you know, whatever bowl, little bowl. Yeah. Right. Uh, I was thinking it might be the I thought maybe the independent uh, some I don't know, six and six. That's pretty. I don't know. It's going to be some bowl we've never heard of in Las Vegas, probably. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just, what they're, when, when they're asking him, uh, you know, after the game, he was, uh, if we win next week, you know, yeah, we, you know, we want to, you know, we want to go to a bowl game. So I, I don't know, like you said, maybe they'll relieve him of his duties after the season's in. But I, I think in his mind, he's like, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm going to finish out the season, I'm going to finish out the whole season. Yeah. But I, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. So you it might just not be his, his decision to make. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you think they'll have a coach by next Monday? Because I know we we're going to talk about this, but yeah. I don't know. It seems like the names have changed again. And I don't know. Me, me personally, I'd have scratched Mel Tucker off after this weekend. I but, agree. Uh, what, what else? Like, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's it's Jimbo and uh, Dave or Lane or or Lincoln? We got. I mean, there's so many names going around right now. The hot one of the you know the past couple days has been Bill O'Brien. Please, oh no, God, yeah, please. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. It seems like to me. Okay, if, I think if if we were to talk about like, you know, like the trend lines, Lane Kiffin started out hot, faded off. Then there was kind of like that. There was like that three day stretch of Dabo Sweeney faded off then Jimbo's been kind of in the middle the whole time I think Jimbo's kind of tailed off I don't think Jimbo's in contention I almost feel like as of right now Lane is a, is ascending a little bit um Mel Tucker who was who about you know a month and a half ago was at the top of the list I feel like he's down well he got the his contract he's extension. got his contract he's extended. number two after Saban in yeah. terms of pay now plus they got wild to Ohio State so it's kind of a double whammy of out of contention. Yeah. Like, I don't, they're not going to, I don't, I think he's out. Um, and then, I mean, Lincoln Riley, as of Monday of last week, it seemed like, oh my gosh, we might be actually getting him. But now it seems like he's kind of falling out too. Well, yeah, the report was that LSU had offered Lincoln Riley eight years, 96 million. So 12 million a year, which I think would push him over Mel Tucker, like number two, right behind Saban, which is a pretty big jump from what he's getting paid at Oklahoma. Uh, but and then Oklahoma was said not to be able to match that offer, and they would say like, you can take the money, you can stay here with the good program that you got. Uh, and there hasn't been much happened after that, so maybe he decided he want to stay, or it could have all been smoke and nothing may have happened, or maybe maybe like or it could just be laying low. That's kind of what I would. I mean, Oklahoma, they did not look good in that Baylor game. Um, who do they play this week? Oklahoma beat uh, Iowa State. Iowa State. Don't they have Isn't Oklahoma they... State? It's yeah, their, they, uh... they'll have Oklahoma State this time. Yeah, they're, they're playing Bedlam. Yeah, against Oklahoma Bedlam. State's a big game here. But I feel like uh, Oklahoma's not – they're not – like, they're not the uh, – um, this is a down year for Oklahoma. They played that close game against uh, – who was Tulane. it? Kansas State. Tulane, yeah, started off the year, and then I think they almost lost to Kansas State. It took them, like, a field goal at the end. So, um, gosh, I hope it is Lincoln Riley. <laughs> if, if 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 the number is real, the interesting thing, and from what I've heard, that that ninety six million dollar rumor seems to be coming from Lincoln Riley's camp. It does not seem to be coming from LSU like sources. So, um, I think you know, which I guess could that could be viewed as a good thing because if if someone tied to Lincoln Riley or someone in Oklahoma is leaking. Oh, he got this offer. That only means one of two things: either Lincoln Riley is trying to trying to negotiate for more money from Oklahoma, and he's just using the fact that LSU is, has an open position 
to say like, Hey, I got this offer. And he's, they're just kind of faking the offer because it doesn't matter because he just wants the money from Oklahoma or he legitimately did get the offer and LSU's keeping it tight lipped because, and Lincoln Riley's keeping it tight lipped because he actually wants to take it. Um, yeah, right. I think that, that's that. Those are the only real two options because I because I from everything I've I've seen, like this is like Scott Rabelais is not reporting these these terms. You know what I mean? Brooks Capina is not breaking this news in the Advocate. Yeah, and then other than that, the only names uh, Mark Stoops, Kentucky's coach, was kind of floated. Yeah. That's not really a, a big <laughs> not, a, not a big get. That would be settling, and I think the same. Uh, is to be said for Billy Napier at this about, point. Yeah, it was about to mention Napier. Like people were kind of hot on him at the beginning, and UL is having a good season. I think they're ten and one. Uh, but I would say he's kind of emerged as like a last grasp hire if he even wants it. If we get if we get Billy Napier, I feel like that's a loss for us. You know what I mean? Like if we're gonna, I, I almost feel like our settling choice should be Aranda. That's not really a settle. Like I mean, he's a great coach. I think he'd be a good head coach. But like. If we can't get Lincoln Riley or, uh, J- you know, honestly Jimbo or one of the other big names out there, I think I think you have to. I think Aranda is the one who makes the most sense as far as like a a up and coming coach. He, I mean, we I think we all agree. Like Dave Aranda is going to, is a is a better head coach today than Billy Napier. Yeah, and well, I think Dave Aranda, like everybody, pretty much agrees that he would be a good coach, and he's doing well at Baylor. Um, but I feel like there hasn't really been much steam behind that. Like maybe that's it's, it's, been, it's been quiet. Like I think he came out and said that he's focused on Baylor, blah, 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 the usual talk, but it's not like everyone's churning this rumor up. Now I did hear on uh, shout out to AYS sports, Blake Rafino, go check it out. If you're not, if you're not listening, I heard from, he, he interviewed a, a beat writer from Oklahoma for, and the Oklahoma guys maybe broke news. He goes, is it, is it public knowledge that Dave Aranda interviewed with LSU? And Blake Rafino was like, uh, well, it is now. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but like theoretically, they're, they're you know, Dave Aranda might have already talked with Scott Wolver and they might already have like some sort of agreement of like, hey, we'd like to have you or you're a potential, you know, you're a top level hire. We're kind of looking at it. So that's something to look out for, which yep. I feel like, again, like that would not be my first choice. But if I, if, if, if we woke up on, if we woke up on Monday, uh, you know, what November or uh, January, whatever day it is, December something. If we woke up on Monday after the AM game and they said, uh, Dave Aranda, LSU head coach, I don't think, like, I wouldn't be disappointed. I might not be as ecstatic as I was if I woke up and I found out it was Lincoln Riley, but um, I think, I think we'd have success with Dave Aranda. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's probably the one safe bet that he could name where everyone would be like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. fine. Because even if they even if they got uh, Jimbo, I, you know, I feel like there's some small faction of fans are just going like, oh, not Jimbo, blah blah blah. We beat him every. Uh, but then uh, Lincoln Riley, I don't know. I feel like that would everyone at LSU would be excited about that. Uh, but Dave Randy would definitely be the safe choice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we like we could trust the program with him, right? I mean, the one thing you could say about Dave Randy, if we brought Dave Randy in here, our defense would be locked down. You know, like I think that. We would have uh, – I think that he would – from what – this is something that, that is really interesting to think about because y'all saw the, y'all saw the quote about uh, Coach O in the press conference talking about how he called Lane Kiffin, and Lane Kiffin was like, yeah, Coach, like your defensive looks uh, are all exactly the same every play. Like maybe you should switch it up sometime. And Coach <laughs> O was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I will. Uh, 
it, what that tells me is that Coach O, and this has been, you know, people have talked about this for, for a long time, that Coach O is meddling in all of, in the defensive and offensive schemes. He's saying what, you know, I remember he was, if you remember when he, when, when Aranda left and he went and he talked about hiring Polini, the main thing he kept going back and back and back to was we want to get back to the four, three. We want to get back to the four, three. We've got the athletes. And I kind of, and I, you know, I'll be honest, like I kind of agreed with him in that, like, yeah, it makes sense. Like to want to go to a four, three, we've got great defensive interior tackles. We've got uh, real big talented defensive ends coming in. So let's try it. Like, it's fine. But, but then it didn't work out with Polini. Then you hired Durante Jones, who was told, or we, who we were told was going to be a multiple defensive guy. who's going to run multiple schemes, multiple schemes. But throughout this entire year, you've really just seen him do kind of the same thing. I remember Scott, I think you said it towards the, end of the beginning of the season. What's the difference between Durante Jones and Bo Pelini? Well, <laughs> now we've actually started to see the difference. The defense has gotten a lot better. Yeah. The question is, has Durante Jones just figured out the defense? Like, is he just, is he, has he just suddenly like opened up the playbook or was it that, was it coach O saying, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. I just want to see this, this, and this and kind of handcuffing him. What that makes me say, if that, if that's true, then imagine coach O hasn't changed over the past two years. I'm sure he was the same before. What if he was handcuffing Aranda? What if we ended up having an even better defense than the ones we had before with it? Something to think about. Right. Yeah. Well, um, it, that, that'll come to light, you know, later. Uh, it, it, it just has to. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but did uh, do y'all have any other thoughts or observations from, from college football this week? Because I did want to mention basketball, but I feel like there was other, there was more going on in college football that we, uh, not, not too much. There wasn't much by the way of like big upsets other than Oregon going down in a big way to Utah. So that kind of clears up the PAC 12 situation a little bit. looks like they're getting left out again, but there's going to be a lot of one loss teams, which makes this week pretty exciting. They got the, the Bedlam game, like we mentioned, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. Um, the big game this year is a big game between Ohio state and Michigan. Yeah. Both could potentially could be top four teams in the playoff rankings this week. Um, the Iron Bowl, the classic between Auburn and Alabama, and uh, a few others. Um, the rivalry games at the Egg Bowl is playing on Thanksgiving, and then our game, like we mentioned. But that's pretty much it. Going to be a big, big finish to the season and then the conference championships. Um, and excited to see how it all shakes out. Whether a two-loss Bama can get in or or who knows. But that was about all I had. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think a two-loss Bama. This, this would be the year because uh, they haven't looked great. You know, Arkansas uh, kept up with them, almost did well. It's it's weird how, you know, it's, it makes you think, all right, well, we know we have the talent. You see how Alabama and Arkansas played. And then the week before, uh, how we played with with uh, Alabama, it's just like all these all these games were close, you know, within a touchdown. So it's like I, I know there's more there in this team. It's just not being utilized. Anywho. Um, I, I think Georgia and Alabama is going to be a game. I, I think Georgia's going to – I don't know. I, I'd i be surprised, honestly, if, if Alabama – well, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama won, but I, I really think it's Georgia's year. Like, if they if they can't take care of Alabama – I don't know. If they did, Alabama shouldn't be in the playoff. Uh, it's simple as that. Um, yeah. But uh, do you guys see LSU had two more wins in basketball this week? Hoops. Uh, yeah, it was it was close though. Um, that first one against Liberty, <laughs> they're actually trailing at halftime. Um, 
and I'll kind of broad some stories about Will Wade hating how his team starts, like particularly their pregame meal or something. So you can tell the general, the general likes to fix things quickly. Um, and you know, it worked. The uh, the next game they had against McNeese, uh, they 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 blew the doors off. But uh, I mean, they they won handily in both games, I think. But it just took a little bit longer to to kind of separate against the Liberty. But I mean, it's you know, it's it's a gritty team. That's what, what we say. Uh, and anytime you see Parker Evers, it's a good game. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit scary in the Liberty game. Obviously, the the defense stepped up at the end of the game, and that's kind of been the story so far. Last year, our defense was towards the bottom of the league, and like we were winning games like ninety to eighty five every time. And this time, the opponents were averaging like fifty something. Obviously, it's against pretty poor opposition, but. Uh, Liberty's to, not a bad team, though, from what I've heard. Well, they, they've lost two since they lost to LSU. Oh, really? So it, the the luster has gone a little bit. Um, the, but yeah, the, the transfers are playing well. Uh, Xavier Pinson running the point, and then uh, Tari Easing coming off the bench has been a good presence down low. And Darius Day is really stepping in the leadership role. That it's looking like a stud. We were hoping, yeah, he's averaging over twenty a game, which is a lot for college basketball. Um, and then we just are building that support cast around him. Uh, I mentioned. Eric Gaines has stepped his game up a lot from last year. He's averaging like three steals per game or something. He's made some serious gains. And also, yeah. <laughs> and a good thing about him is he's like a 95% free throw shooter or something, which that's hurt us a lot mm-hmm. in the past who's free throw shooting. So if you can have some guys, especially like in those close SEC games down the stretch where you can like rely on them at the end of the game, uh, then that's really good. The two games uh, this week, you got Belmont on Monday. That might already be over, but they're a decent team. I think they were in the tournament last year, actually. Yeah, they were. Um, and then Penn State on Thursday uh, in one of those kind of like showcase games, I guess. The turn, like those preseason tournament kind of things. Uh, yeah, it's or early. It's in it's in Florida, so it's one of those yeah kind of early season tournaments. And then uh, so that'll be our first kind of Power Five matchup. So I think that'll be a good glimpse as to to who we are as a team. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to go to the Assembly Center and check out a game. Yeah, I would if I was right there. Absolutely. Uh, A little stat for you also. Um, This is the first time that LSU has held the first four opponents under 60 points. Do you uh, care to take a guess as to when the last time that happened? Probably 1963. Ooh, good guess, but no. Uh, It was actually the last time the Tigers went to the Final Four back in the 2006 and seven. I was only off by 43 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's what more can you ask for? He's he's put a put a good team together. Um, I feel like he's finally got his full team and what he wants. I mean, I know he had some other guys that, that didn't work out, unfortunately. But I mean, uh, I think he's you know got the players playing optimally or optimally, and yeah, like you said, two two good games this week, so we get to see some more action that way. Um, I don't know. I didn't really follow women's basketball. I don't know if there's a, a another win or so there. They lost. Oh, uh, they did. I think so. Uh, didn't they, Dan? Right. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else on uh, on hoops? I think, I think, I think that's a wrap. Hopefully, we'll be six and zero oh this time next week. Continue rolling. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, six and zero, oh, and also six and six. Maybe, maybe going bowling with what's left <laughs> of the team. Uh, that'd be funny. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Stingley won't be back if they go bowling, right? I mean, mm, yeah, he's not. Whatever, whatever his injury is. No, thanks. No. The mystery injury will uh, undoubtedly put him out for the bowl. Right. <laughs> I, I imagine. Probably probably be good just in time for the uh, 
for the combine now. He, he hasn't even been on the sidelines the past couple of games. So. Uh, you think he's maybe in rehab on Saturdays? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I know him and him and Eli Ricks were scooting around on scooters a couple of games ago. I saw them. come out, They came out the tunnel on scooters, but now um, now they're not. So, I don't know where they are. Miles Brennan also not on the not on the field, not in his sweatpants. Ah, well, that's because he's in the transfer portal, right? Yeah, <laughs> you have to physically go into the transfer <laughs> portal. Yeah, you just wait there. Put you, in a, put you in a room. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess uh, I guess that's about all we got this week. So uh, we'll keep our eyes looking forward. Um, oh, by the way, one one note. I think I remember when baseball when we found out Maneri you know, was going to leave. There was, you know, some names floated immediately. There's some names floated a little bit later on, and there was some right before the very end. Some didn't pan out. But I just – I always remember as soon as they named Jay Johnson, I remember he was like one of the first four mentioned, but he was like the least talked about. The least talked about, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's why, I'm, you know, what you said about Aranda, I was like, hmm, what if that's the case? It's like you just – you know, no one's going to say anything till the end of the year anyway. You can say, oh, well, I haven't talked to anybody. Yeah, we know, but we know your agent has. Yeah, okay, yeah. you know, it's, that's that's <laughs> uh, that's uh, plausible deniability. Thank you. And I, I think if that's the case, that would make total sense. Um, I, I, w- I can't think that that was Scott Woodward's first choice, but um, I, I think it'd be a solid choice. Yeah, I mean, we all know Jay Johnson wasn't his first choice either, or at least that's yeah. what they say. So, right, right. And, and, and look how so far he's like, you know, it's working out really well. I do have, a, I have another final thought. Um, for all our listeners out there, uh, I, I would encourage all of you to check out the, I believe it's the Fox show Queens uh, <laughs> in the recent episode, uh, anything for clout, our own Scott Gerard had a great little appearance in the first like five minutes of the show. You got to check it out. He was a, a great record executive. who really just, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he zeroed in on, on the lead protagonist and, and really just, you know, said, said to her, um, whether you know, question whether or not she could be the star that she's been in the past. I thought it was a really excellent performance, and I, I think everyone should go check it out. It's on Hulu right now. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. That's right. Episode 105, Queens, North Truly, record executive. Um, and I, I have actually never been one, believe it or not. Uh, I've definitely dabbled in the music industry, but not, nothing like that. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely... I think I helped kick off her hero's journey right there where it's like, are you still that chick? She's got to answer that for herself. That's, and, a, that's uh, something that nobody can answer. And you just got to have to watch the show to find out. Maybe, exactly. you can, maybe you can parlay your podcast executive career into being a record exec. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Very, very good. Uh, I'll think about that, Daniel. Uh, sometime after the game, after, after this LSU A&M game. And uh, I think that'll about do it for us this week on Talking Cake. Tune in next time. We'll have some more basketball scores and uh, some highlights for you, as well as uh, LSU's final game under the Ed Orgeron era. We'll, we'll see where we go from there, but we'll uh, hopefully have some more to give you on that uh, on that front as well. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Takes.